armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save the pump pump. Really, this is, you what have any this is what you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. Do you know what listeners like about our station? I like everything. It's always on my radio. Never stop the music, except for now, when I talk. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. The NFL is back to competing. You want to hear what Zach Taylor had to say about the competition committee. Armchair. Community access channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American man. Yeah, the armchair. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell on a football Friday, a feel-good Friday, a TGIF Friday, whatever you want to call it, as we are rolling here along, Bobby's on the way. We've got a lot of things in store today. We're doing some more armchair wars, some more funny things. We're doing our cool games. We're doing our locks. We're doing our stupid underdogs. You name it. Want to start this off? Though this is right before we went on the air. I saw a quote by head coach Zach Taylor of the, of the Cleveland excuse me, of the Cincinnati Bengals, and I had to laugh. And I'll read you the, the, uh, the breakdown of all the, all the different scenarios here in a second. But long story short, if the Bengals win, they will be the number three seed and they will host the Ravens in all likelihood in the following weekend. So it'll be a replay. If Cleveland were to lose, excuse me, Cincinnati were to lose, then though they would be the division champions, there would be a coin flip to see who would actually host that game because that would be the second time that the Ravens would have beaten Cincinnati. Okay. So you see where, where Cincinnati's heads at and had they beaten Buffalo and the chiefs had lost this uh, tomorrow against the Raiders, what would have went down is Cincinnati would have had the shot at the number one seed. Instead, they have no shot at the number one seed the way the NFL has agreed to it. The only thing that they could do is lose the right to to home field advantage, which I think is a little silly. But here was this quote after reading all this. Zach Taylor, remember, he was in the forefront. He was in the middle of this. He was backing Buffalo, not playing the game, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm sure he probably thought that his team wouldn't get affected as much as they would. His quote is, of the NFL playoff scenario agreement, it seems like there are a lot of positives 
for a lot of teams and nothing but negatives for our team. So there you have it. We're back to competing in the NFL. If you missed it, uh, DeMar Hamlin appears to be okay. He, he had a zoom call with the, uh, with, with certain media members earlier today. He also called many of his teammates and got on a call with them. And so all that's in, in the, Trending in the positive direction. There's also a number of things the NFL teams are going to do this weekend to support DeMar Hamlin and his recovery. Saw that the Bills are going to put patches on their jersey. Other teams are talking about doing something similar. We'll just have to see what all the teams come up with. But you can you can bet he's going to be honored at every single NFL game this weekend. But here is what the breakdown is. And this is the simplest breakdown I could find. So let me read it to you in case you, you haven't got it, had a chance to you know catch what all entails. Because Buffalo and Kansas City were the top two teams in the AFC and chasing down the Chiefs. So if you look at the, at the NFL standings right now as, as they sit, the Kansas City Chiefs who play the Raiders tomorrow in Las Vegas. So it's a road game. The chiefs right now are sitting atop the AFC at 13 and three. Now had Buffalo beaten the Bengals, Buffalo would have been 13 and three. And then it would have went, came down to head to head, which they beat Kansas city in Kansas city. Had the Bengals won, they would have been 12 and four. The bills would have been 12 and four and a 12 and four scenario with the chiefs had the chiefs lost tomorrow then the Bengals would have leaped to the forefront the Bengals beat both of those teams had it played out now we we know that game was just getting going there's no telling who would have won the game it was seven to three cincinnati but it was still in the first quarter so we get all that so here is the scenario that breaks down and this only affects the afc the nfc is not affected obviously because it's two teams from the afc so if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie a Bills Chief AFC Championship game, it would have to get to that point, will be at a neutral site and it's going to be decided by the league office. Okay? So you, you put that aside. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties a Bills Chief Kansas City game would be at a neutral site. So this ties into the Bengals once again. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Bills or Chiefs, or excuse me, Bills or Bengals versus the Chiefs would be played at a neutral site. If the Ravens win Sunday over the Bengals and are matched with Cincinnati in the AFC wildcard game, which is highly possible the site would be determined by a coin flip now that's odd i'm sorry but that's odd if cincinnati wins the two teams if the cincinnati Bengals win or if the two teams are not matched against each other after a potential ravens win regular scheduling procedures would be used in other words cincinnati would be the three seed and they would play who they play Three-fourths of the majority, 24 of 32 of the owners, 
was needed Friday to approve the changes, which the NFL said in resolution would be put in play, and that is what was put in place. So that's where we're at right now, and it's a it's a lot to unpack. It's a whole mess, and we'll get into all those scenarios. Do want to get into some of the news and notes heading into today's show. Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, he is expected to play. Now remember, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they are set to meet in week 18 Eagles and Giants and that's going to be a 425 kickoff at the same time that the Cowboys who need a Giants loss that game is in Philly Hertz is expected to play the Eagles win they get a first round bye Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson you believe this Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson is the matchup for Jets Dolphins this Sunday and though the game means nothing for the Jets, essentially, other than positioning in the NFL draft. The Miami Dolphins need the win because now Buffalo's playing to win and they're playing the Patriots. So the winner that comes out of this is Miami, right? Because now if Miami can beat the Jets, I'm sorry, but I've, I've got to figure that the Buffalo Bills are going to annihilate the Patriots. They're going to have all of that energy and emotion because of the DeMar Hamlin situation, plus they're going to be motivated to win because of what, what I just read to you. Now, obviously, if Kansas City wins, it becomes a little less important. But I still think the Patriots are in trouble. I think the Bills are going to want to go out there and play for DeMar, and they're not going to want to lose. And they have owned the Patriots. The Patriots cannot keep up with them. And so that is a very, very ugly situation that could end up on the scoreboard in Orchard Park. The few times that they've played here recently, basically Buffalo has been able to name name their score. So you have that, and then the other team that benefits from this, what about the Pittsburgh Steelers? So if New England loses, which is a strong possibility, and the Dolphins lose with Skylar Thompson behind center, which is a strong possibility, and I get that the line's moving because everyone's reacting to the fact that it's going to be Joe Flacco behind the center and not Mike White. I'm sorry. Flacco is a more accomplished quarterback than Skylar Thompson, and the Jets have a decent chance of winning that game. So if all that happens, at the same time, 1 o'clock Eastern, Brown Steelers, the Steelers could win and get in if both the Patriots and the Dolphins lose. So you got all that unfolding. Southern Cal, they get... They're running back. Marshawn Lloyd transfers from one at USC to the other. South Carolina's Marshawn Lloyd is hit the transfer portal. He is going to Southern Cal, so that's a big deal. Running back Troy Sanders of Alabama has become now the third player in the transfer portal to leave Alabama to go to TCU. So we keep an eye on that. Sam Harton. Hartman yesterday of Wake Forest announced that he is heading to Notre Dame. He's widely considered the most, maybe not the most talented quarterback in the portal, but definitely the most ready to contribute quarterback in the portal at his level. Oklahoma gets a big, big uh, announcement yesterday. Quarterback Dylan Gabriel will return as expected for 2023, but he made it official yesterday afternoon. And here's a funny story for a Friday, for a feel-good Friday. The Milwaukee Brewers, in a doubleheader versus the San Francisco Giants back in September, September 8th, there was a doubleheader, day-night doubleheader. 
and a fan passed out in the bushes, passed out in the bushes next to the stadium. When he awoke during that day-night doubleheader, I didn't get all the details because they weren't in the story, but evidently he found his way back into the stadium and broke in and stole credit cards, electronic equipment, and Milwaukee Brewer memorabilia. He was brought on charges yesterday. So they've been going through the tapes and uh, making sure that they got the right guy. But how about that? Happened in in, uh, Milwaukee, but from someone who's coming to you live from Jacksonville, Florida. That sounds like a Florida man. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if you'd come to find out that the guy guy is from Florida. We've got a lot that we're going to get into today. Obviously, the the, uh, College Football National Championship is right around the corner. We're going to get the thoughts from the guys today and some predictions. I can go ahead and tell you right now that I think the biggest thing that you need to look at in that matchup is going to be TCU Georgia fans. If you haven't watched them play, they run what is very common in the Big 12, a 3-3-5 defense, and they do it to try to slow down the air raid offenses that are all throughout the Big 12. So what you end up with a lot of times is you get three down linemen and three athletic linebackers, and they will either be jamming the hole or they'll drop back into coverage, and then and then you have the five defensive backs. So it's a most uh, old school folks call it an umbrella coverage. That's what Stetson Bennett's going to be dealing with on Monday night. Now we'll obviously break this down much more on Monday as we head into the national championship game. But I think that's the biggest key is how Stetson Bennett and company deal with that. Conversely, Georgia's biggest concern on defense is going to be that Georgia secondary has been torched and TCU can light up the scoreboard as we saw against Michigan. I still think the Bulldogs are going to win. I'll give my official uh, score on Monday, but I'm telling you right now, I just, I don't see how TCU is going to be able to hang with Georgia for four quarters, but crazier things have happened. And then of course, if, if terrible things happen, like you lose the turnover battle or, you know, just goofy things happen. I think about, when the uh, back uh, this this past weekend, goofy things that happened in Michigan, like the fumble inside the one yard line and the the terrible refereeing that went down that led to some of these things. As long as really crazy things don't happen, I think Georgia gets a back to back national championship. And after having a drop for forty years, they're going to have two. In two years, which is going to be quite a story, especially with Stetson Bennett. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, Bobby's going to join us, and we're going to hit some some more uh, year-ending armchair awards, and we'll also get into a lot of things. Our locks are stupid underdogs. We got cool games. It's Friday. We'll be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on WQEE, the key, 99.1 FM, and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. You play to win the game. Hey, sports fans, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. I had trouble with interviews when I first started in, in the business because I didn't. I was very antisocial. I just wanted to be in a little room screaming and hollering and playing 
you know, uh, Three Dog Night and Grand Funk Railroad Records. I had a, I, one of my first jobs was in Memphis. And I used to play a lot of Jimi Hendrix songs there. And uh, he was coming to town and I was talking about him. I was playing, let me stand next to your fire. Remember that? So uh, I got a call. Hey, I'm with, I'm with the record company and I got Jimi Hendrix with me and he wants to do an interview with you. I said, oh, man. So I got a clipboard and I wrote down three questions. <laughs> I wrote it down. So he comes in, he's sitting there and he's obviously out of it. Right. Yeah. So I go like this. I said, uh, Jimmy, it's nice to have you here in Memphis. Uh, you know, you're doing a show. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, I, so then I said, uh, I know you, you broke up with the experience. You got a new band, Band of Gypsies. Who's in that band with you? And he goes, I don't know, man. <laughs> I go, oh, crap. I only got two more questions left. So then I go like this. I go, I know you've been on the road. Where'd you play last night? I don't know, man. <laughs> so I only got one question left. I said, I know you're working on a new album. You got a title for it yet? He goes, you could give me another question. <laughs> so I turn to get my clipboard, and all of a sudden I hear... He passed out right on the console. Oh, my God. And I go, like, now I really don't know what to do. <laughs> Holy crap. Jimmy Hendrix passed out on my show. What am I going to do? So the next thing, the manager says, I think the interview's over. <laughs> and then he grabs Jimmy, he sets him up, and he throws up on my console. Oh, oh my God. And I'm going like, it. oh, no. <laughs> that yeah. was it, man. That was my first interview. Armchair. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. I think you should retire. Frank? I'm sorry, but Marie is my wife. And if I can't support her in this, then she'll be like an ice pick in my ear until I die. Broken pretzels in the rug, the beer cans could be worse. She'll clean it up tomorrow and dread September 1st. But once again, ho -ho! Well, the season's finally here. Welcome back. Bobby joins us. Bobby, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to the last week of the regular season. I'm um, seeing how the playoffs shape up to be, and uh, look forward to it. I'm doing great. I'm assuming that you saw the breakdown of all the tiebreakers and whatnot and what they're going to do for seating in the NFL playoffs. I have. It's pretty confusing, but I, I think I've got a good idea of how it's going to play out. All right, I've got a take on this. It's so stupid. I'm with you. 
why didn't they just do what common sense would tell you is this is something that's not going to happen very often. It's kind of tough, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to go off of winning percentage and let's forget all the other nonsense. I'm with you. The whole coin flip idea to decide home field advantage with the NFC North teams I, or AFC North teams. Sorry. It's just, it, it, it's confusing. I don't, I don't know what the logic is with that. That part there's the dumbest part. So they're going to say, yeah. okay, Cincinnati, you won the division, but you may not host the game. I have no clue how they came to that idea, but we'll see how it plays out. Well, because their argument is the Ravens are going to have beaten Cincinnati twice if they, if it goes down that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And in theory, had they lost to Buffalo, then the Ravens would have had the tiebreaker on them. Uh, yeah, I I understand that, but it's all hypothetical. We can't say exactly. whether or not the Bengals would have lost. If that's the case, then if you're if we're just assuming that Buffalo was going to win because they had a better record, well, let's just assume that Buffalo did win, and let's go from there. Yeah, right? and then yeah, because now they're also pretty much out of it with the one seed, assuming that the Chiefs beat the Raiders, which shouldn't be too much of a challenge. No, but I'll tell you what, what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it more interesting for people to have to watch this mm -hmm. week. So they can say all they want to, and they can, they can pull, pull on our heartstrings all the week long about pray for, pray for Hamlin and all that junk that they, you know, can, will continue because you could, because you'll see it littered all over the screen this weekend, right? Yeah. And though most of us, really were praying for Hamlin and, and right in, in the whole, and I'm not even saying that they weren't praying for his goodwill, but at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, all they care about is ratings. That's for sure. Cause if they cared about player safety, they wouldn't worry about breaking down. Well, Cincinnati and Baltimore who are probably gonna have to play next week. Anyways, you're going to have to go out there and play this week and care if you win or not. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is really, really goofy, and um, I can't believe that they're going to that. I really can't. What I think the NFL should have done, I think they should have given the Bills and the Bengals both a tie on their record. It would keep the winning percentage the same, and it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't. It would keep also how many games have been played balanced. It wouldn't, you know, completely throw right, off. What he's going to argue? I played one more game than you did. Yeah. If they go to winning percentage and they, and they felt like it was that big a deal, what they could have done, what they could have done is they could have said, Chiefs Bengals, you're going to play this Sunday and your opponents are going to, are going to wait and play you on Thursday. We'll do a double header, whatever. We might, we, we might do both games at the same time. And if anyone from those games next Thursday have to play in the playoffs, we're going to push that to Monday night. If they really thought this was a big deal, this is just a way to try to get people to watch things like Bengals and Ravens, mm -hmm. right? It's a phony baloney way of doing it. Um, now the fan in me hopes that Kansas city loses now because how much fun will it be on Sunday that first of all, Buffalo, and I, I feel like America is going to be pulling for Buffalo on Sunday. And you add the fact they're playing Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And if the Patriots lose, that opens the door for the Dolphins. And if the Dolphins lose to the Jets, and considering they're putting Skylar Thompson out there at quarterback, it's very possible that's going to open the door for the Steelers. 
So all this could end up turning into somehow the Steelers get into the playoffs. And then, of course, there's another scenario where if the Steelers lose two and Tennessee were to beat Jacksonville tomorrow night, then the Jaguars would get the number seven seed. Yep. And what a dumpster fire that would feel like after everyone making fun of the AFC South all year long. (laughs) They'd get two teams in the playoffs. That would be a pretty wild scenario. It would take a lot of teams losing, but this can play out a lot of different ways. It will, I, and I really think the first two are very strong possibilities. Because even if mm-hmm. even if Kansas City wins on Sunday, I still th- I still think the Bills are going to be so emotional and hyped to play for for uh, Demar Hamlin. I think they're going to be tough to beat, and it's in Absolutely. Buffalo. Absolutely, and then with the positive news, um, it won't. I don't think it'll throw off too much. I won't throw them off too much mentally. I think uh, things are looking up for Hamlin, so. Yeah, he had a Zoom call today with the media, and then right after that, he he, he had a group Zoom with a bunch of his teammates. Mm-hmm. Great news, great news. And I guarantee you they're going to put some kind of video together to put up on, this, on the scoreboard on Sunday that's going to have Hamlin. Either he'll actually be talking and there'll be video of him playing, or it'll just be video of him playing, whatever. It's going to be a hype video, and they're going to be able to run through a wall for him on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I would and not I think, want to be the the New England Patriots, considering how they've gotten spanked the last couple of times. Absolutely. And you said it earlier. You said America is going to be behind the Bills. I'm with you on that. I think everybody's going to be rooting for them. Um, they'll have a lot of a lot of motivation going into this one. Yeah, unless you're a New England Patriots fan, you're pulling yeah. the Bills. Absolutely. If you're not a New England Patriots fan, or like for some reason you really like, let's say you're a fan that really hates the Steelers or really hates the Dolphins or whatever, and you really don't want to see them in, so you want to see the Patriots in. Okay, I can mm-hmm. see that angle. But but if you don't have a dog in the hunt and you're not pulling for Buffalo to play well, there's a lot of folks going to have to out there uh, going to have to pray for your soul out there. Uh, that's all I can say about that because you are not coming a- across well. All right, let's go ahead and get into some of the armchair awards. We'll be doing this the rest of the uh, the show off and on. I'm curious to see where you went. Now we did not compare notes. So unfortunately, Bobby and I could end up with the same answers. I, I hope it's not true, but there's a good chance that it could happen. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, a couple of them I know Bobby won't have, but a couple of them I'm like, eh, he may. And the first one that I think that we might end up with the same one, because it's one of my favorite stories of the year, is the High Five Award, and that is the best story of 2022 in the sports world. It could be funny. It could just be a great story, but the High Five Award, who are you giving giving a high five to? I'm doing it to the Giants as a whole, specifically Brian Dabble. I love the direction that team's going this year um, with Saquon being healthy and playing well this year, Daniel Jones having a solid season, and Dabble being one of the best coaches in the league this year. They're on. They're, they're, the trajectory is great. I think the sky's the limit. Um, and I think there's a lot of success on the horizon for the Giants. And I think I can officially say that the New York Giants are back. Um, I really think that they've got a lot of good coming for them in the future. And uh, they're, they're the team that I'd give my best story of the year to. So you're going to give it to the New York Giants. And I'm glad to see we didn't pick the same one. <laughs> I thought we might. But I will say this. We picked the same city. Um so now you'll understand because th- there, there were some back and forth texting. If you asking me like, well, what do you mean by the high five award? My mm-hmm. high five award is going to go to Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson hooking up with his mom's best friend. 
That's a high five right there. That was Jack Wilson. He he became you, you know instantly known as almost like I, I think of uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Kelso on uh, on that '70s show when they thought that Eric had hooked up with uh, hooked up with someone's mom on the show. Oh, uh, Donna's mom on the show. And before he can explain himself, you just see Kelso go, "You're a god! You're a god!" <laughs> so that's my high five award is uh zach wilson and and it's funny he's never denied it he just refuses to talk about it for obvious reasons i'm sure i'm sure he got an earful from his mom oh yeah yeah and she was she talked about it a bit on social media too so and you know she has a social media presence for more for worse than better i'll say that yeah that's you know him dealing with the fact that he hasn't had a very good year and had to deal with the fact that his mom is very prevalent on social media and he's in New York City. It hasn't been an easy year for, for, for that kid. Nope. Okay. What's the next one we have here? We have I Need That Jersey. And we already kind of eliminated the uh, the DeMar Hamlin because it was kind of the obvious on the nose because we've already given DeMar Hamlin the Armchair Quarterback of the Year award. And so we wanted to kind of open it up a little bit because if not, I think we'd all have the same answer. And we wanted to be a little more open to uh, different uh, answers. So curious to see. I know you won't have the have the one that I have chosen. What is the what is the one guy this year that you're like you don't currently have his jersey, and now you're like, man, I need I need that guy's jersey award. Well, I'm sticking with my own team here. I'm going with J.J. Watt, and I know the Cardinals have been absolutely terrible this season, but he's been great every week for this team. He showed up. Um, he's played his heart out every week, and I commend him for it so much. He's had one of the best years amongst pass rushers in the league, um, and it's his final year too. Uh, so I think to, I think now is the perfect time for that award. I really like J.J. I've liked him his whole career. He's one of the best defensive players ever. Um, but, you know, it's his last year. He's playing for my team. And he's helped this team so much on the field and off the field as well with, you know, helping some of our defensive linemen develop. Um, so for everything he's done for the NFL and my team, the Cardinals, he's got my pick for that award. Okay, so my uh, I need that jersey award. I'm going to go with the newcomer to the Atlanta Braves. And I, at first I was thinking of, of uh, Money Mike and Michael Harris, but we've given him a lot of other things. And he may even be in the running for something uh, for a war we'll give him to later on today. So I'm going to go with the newcomer, Sean Murphy. Just got traded over from the Oakland A's. He's a catcher. I've always loved that position. I played a little bit of it, you know, back in my playing days, although obviously I wasn't any good. Um, but I, I love the greatest. I love the fact that he's a catcher that had builds it on defense. Right. So my I need that jersey now is uh Sean Murphy. And I haven't I I know what number he was when he was in Oakland, but I, I'm not hundred percent sure if they have uh made it official for him here in Atlanta. I've seen some images, but I don't know what they're gonna do. So I'm kind of waiting till opening day and, until I see an actual number. He he wore twelve in Oakland. But I don't know what he's going to wear in Atlanta. I haven't seen it, you know, until I see an official on the roster number. I'm going to leave that alone. Okay, um, let me see here. We'll go ahead and do the best newcomer since we've got a few minutes. 
Let's go ahead and do the best newcomer of the year. I'll go ahead and spill the beans on mine. Mine, mine is Money Mike. Uh, the kid splashed on the scene, Michael Harris, to Atlanta. And not only was he really good, but he's already been so good that they've locked him up for the next decade. And he's from Atlanta. He plays defense in center field, which is one of my favorite things in sports is watching a great center fielder. One of my least favorite things in sports is watching a very average or below average center fielder because you're like, oh, my word. So he, he's he got that. He's got center field locked up for, for the next decade in Atlanta, not to mention some of the big hits that he came through with, some great throws from the outfield. The list goes on and on. My best newcomer of the year is Michael Harris. What is your All pitch? right. So my best newcomer of the year, and I hate to say it because he's a divisional rival, um, but it's Brock Purdy. He's exploded onto the scene in San Francisco. And even though he was the Mr. Irrelevant of last year's draft, he has been great as a starter for San Francisco, and he seems to have that team on, on a great path um, with a lot of success. Uh, yeah, he's had 1,130 yards, 10 touchdowns, and only three picks as a starter in his last five games. And I mentioned the three interceptions because, you know, rookies tend to make a lot of mistakes, especially at quarterback. Um, but he's only had three picks. He's been very smart with the ball. He's played well. I, I have really – there's – not many complaints I have about his game. And even though he's only started five games, he has risen high up in the rookie of the year odds race. Um, so, yeah, even though he's on a team I don't really like in the 49ers, he's been great when he started. So he's my best newcomer of the year. Now, let me ask you something. Do you, okay, so first of all, he hasn't played many games this year. But the other thing is you're not worried about him being just a product of his environment, meaning it seems like everyone that they plug and play into San Francisco ends up playing well at quarterback. It's possible, but, you know, when Trey Lance had the opportunity, and I don't want to rag on the guy too much because he did get hurt, but when he had the opportunity, he wasn't nearly as good as Brock Purdy has looked. I think they might have something good with him. Um, I'm not ready to crown him as, like, an elite quarterback or anything crazy like that, but with this opportunity he's had, he's done a lot. I definitely think he's played his way into the conversation as the starter next year. I don't believe that they're going to keep Jimmy G – it now seems like it would be kind of foolish to, considering when you can help your roster elsewhere, go let Jimmy G be a starter somewhere. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G needs Jimmy G needs to go to the Jets. Jimmy G needs to go to a team like possibly the Colts. Although, my God, the, how many times can the Colts swing and miss? They've got to draft a quarterback at some they point. Not, I know they, yes, they're reluctant to, but they've got to use that pick, pick right? quarterback. They've got to go get a guy and say. We're done with all this nonsense. We're going to quit trying to push the sun back up in the sky and see if, I mean, you name, you name the has been, he's put on a Colts Jersey in the last year or yep. uh, excuse me, the last decade. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I do believe that Brock Purdy's playing really good football and it's, and it's not just because he's on a good team. I do think it helps. Don't get me wrong with that. I like, I, I think if you put him on, a much worse offense, you would see more flaws in his game like you would anybody. Mm -hmm. And you wonder what a Davis Mills would look like in a San Francisco Giants jersey, right? He's looked terrible this year. He looked pretty good last year. So I I don't, I never believe someone's as bad as they look at their worst or they're as good as they look at their best. I always look for, well, 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 what's the happy, happy medium there? And Brock Purdy to me is someone, look, if nothing else, they've got someone who can put some pressure on Trey Lance. And right now, you go into spring, uh, excuse me, uh, summer uh, camps in the NFL, 
Brock Purdy's got to be the starter, and Trey Lance has got to be the backup at this point. I'm with you. I think, especially if he does well in the playoffs as well, if they go deep into the playoffs with Purdy, there's no reason that he hasn't earned that starting job. And I know they they, they don't lose in the first round to like the Lions, right? Yeah, yeah. Then absolutely, I, I think he's going to be the starter, or he'll at least be the guy that they're that Trey Lance is going to have to prove that he's better. He's mm. not. It's not just going to be assumed. But right now, if you're handicapping it, game one. Week one, excuse me, in 2023 for the San Francisco 49ers, I assume it's going to be Brock Purdy under center. I'm with it's you. Lance holding the clipboard, doing some Zach Wilson work, standing over there try, trying to learn the craft. Because if Lance had not gotten injured, we'd probably be talking about Lance like people are talking about Zach Wilson because he was that bad before the injury. All right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit you up with some more awards and start looking at week 14. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country on WQEE. Are you an adult? Yeah. And you went out last night? Yeah. Introducing a hangover. What's that? Surprise, idiot. You went out and actually had fun last night, but your body is here to remind you that's not allowed. With a hangover, you can. Have a light breakfast to soothe your tummy. See if drinking more will help. And finally, start your day at 6 p.m. I went out last night for casual drinks with a friend, and now I can't even form a coherent thought. Try it today. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if... You're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing. You know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it. The Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company. Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Oh, baby, let's go. It's Friday. We got football all weekend long, so you got yourself a football Friday. TGIF, you got any big plans tonight, Bobby? I don't, know. Nothing crazy tonight. 
you're a young man in college. You don't have <laughs> anything going on. I just got back from out of town. It it took a lot longer to get home um, because of weather than anticipated. So I'm kind of just looking forward to relaxing for a night. I might go hang out with some friends tomorrow night, but kind of need a, a down night. Game tomorrow night, Tennessee, Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I'll probably watch that game with my dad. Actually, we had talked about that. Um, it's a game where we both kind of root for the Titans. We wouldn't call ourselves Titans fans, but since right. we're here, we uh we root for them. So we'll probably watch that. Yeah, I, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because I wouldn't call myself a Jaguar fan, but I pull for the Jaguars. But I am a Titans fan. Here they are, and they and this is the worst case scenario for me: a win in your end situation for both. Mm-hmm. People have been asking me all week, well, who am I pulling for? And like my heart says, I'm pulling for the Titans, but my head says I ought to be pulling for the Jaguars because the Tennessee Titans need the draft picks. They need to build up. This team's going to get demolished in the playoffs, no matter what they do. And Jacksonville could actually build off of this, and they they might be kind of fun to watch in the first round. Honestly, the, this, the, the winner of this game has the Jaguars t- have been playing great. They right. have, and I I think uh, I, I honestly think. Assuming Lamar's still out, because I don't think he's going to play another game with the Ravens, if you ask me today. Um, I think they'll make it out of the first round if they have to play the Jaguars. Or if they have to play the Ravens, sorry. Yeah, it really comes down to, I was just about to say, the winner of this game has a chance to get out of the first round because it could be the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Now, it could be the Chargers. And if it's the Chargers... I give Jacksonville a puncher's chance of winning that game. I don't give the Titans much of a chance just no. because their biggest Achilles heel is their secondary. And here comes Justin Herbert. Yeah. You'd have to be praying for like sleet and snow blowing sideways coming up from under little Forrest Gump kind of a uh, storm. <laughs> it was slate and sideways. That would, <laughs> that would actually play into Derek Henry just, you know, blowing through the San Diego Charger defense. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of Henry, they'll need a monster game out of him on Saturday to, to give the Titans any chance in my mind. I think Josh Dobbs was solid. He looked poised um, in his last start, but I don't think it's going to be up to him to win this game. Henry's going to have to have a big one. Yeah, they're, they're going to lean on Henry. And assuming he's healthy and stays healthy all game long, they're going to lean on Henry, and then the rest of it's going to come down to Dobbs just not doing stupid things, hitting the open man. And he, he's going to have, look, I'm sure Ryan Tannehill can tell him, you're going to have guys open because they come up and they're going. Now, one of my biggest questions, because I was checking the injury report right before we came on, and Traylon Burks is still a question mark. So... I I get it that he Traylon Burks is not AJ Brown. I get that part, but I will say this: Traylon Burks gives you a chance to kind of open up the the offense a little bit. I'm seeing if they've updated it. He did not participate in practice again today, so hmm. I don't see him playing. That would be a big loss to the Titans because he's made some big plays, and that receiving core already sucks as is. So if he's out, they'll put a lot more pressure on Henry. It will now. Some good news if you're a Tennessee fan. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons has participated in practice. He was limited today, but it's the day before the game. Of course, it is right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be limited the day before, essentially. Um, looking at see, Josh Thompson was full participant. 
Danico Autry was a full participant. Uh, Devontae Harris did not play. Uh, practice, excuse me. And that's about it. Now, as far as for Jacksonville, the Jaguars, they their injuries aren't quite as bad, but they have, these are all listed as limited. Brandon Scherf, Trayvon Walker, and they, he, he is still a big question mark. If you ask six different reporters in Jacksonville, they, they're going to give you six different answers about that one. Uh, Rashawn Jenkins limited, Andrew Wingard limited. So it's, it's going to you know, look, Hey, it's week 18, the NFL season guys are going to be hurt. Yeah. Now the question is, are you hurt or are you injured? And that, that'll make obviously a big, big difference in it. Um, this segment, I think all we've got as far as the awards go, and then we'll get, we'll get into some lines. Who did you have as your shock and awe of the team that was a pleasant surprise you really didn't see coming? Well, we are just talking about them, actually. I got the Jaguars as my shock and awe pick. Um, I really didn't expect them to be this good, and I didn't give them much of a chance to win the AFC South. I honestly, as most people did, had either the Titans or Colts winning the division, which would put the Jaguars in third place for me. But here they are with the chance to win the division outright tomorrow. And uh, if you ask me, I think they'll get it done. They seem to be playing much better football than the Titans. Um, the Titans don't have a stable quarterback situation. I think the writing's kind of on the wall. I really think the Jaguars are going to win this division. And uh, that's been a pretty big shock. And one that I don't hate to see because the Jaguars are a competitive team. And I like to see T-Law doing good. Um, so that's my shock and awe team. So I had them written down, but I thought you might take them. So I'm going to go with my, with my 1A and 1B choice. Florida State football. And I know it's a homer pick. I had no idea that they were going to go 10 and three and beat Oklahoma in a bowl game. Not to mention they're dominating the transfer portal, but that's, that's off the field stuff. They started out incredible. I believe, I believe six and zero. Oh. then they had the three game losing streak. And during that losing streak and every one of those games, they, they lost by one score. You, you could see that they were still a good football team, but you're like, Oh, is this, is, is this what this team's going to be? They're going to be a team that can't get the W in the tough game. And they're going to end up like six and six or seven and five. No, they, they went on and won the rest. That Florida game by far to me is, is, is kind of that cornerstone win for them this year. I think the most impressive game they played was the comeback that didn't happen against Clemson. But if you ask me about the biggest win of the year, it's got to be the Florida game. Because even though Florida was not one of the great teams in the land, it's a rivalry game. It went back and forth. You could argue that that's one of the best games of the of the year, especially of the college football year. And it really helped. It's really going to help them set the tone going forward. And I'll tell you what that that uh bowl game was. You know, was a heck of a shootout as well. And Oklahoma, make it make no no mistake about it. They wanted to win that game. They were chippy in that game. They were pushing. They were shoving. Oklahoma's looking forward to a big next year. I know they had some guys missing, but so did Florida State. And I do think it helped that their left tackle and star running back didn't play. But at the same time, FSU had had a couple of defensive players that they would have liked to have had on on the field. And I'm just. I'm happy for Norvell. There's already reports coming out that he's about to get a, a big payday, and it's well deserved. And I also, it, it it also helps 
when he seems like he's a good guy, right? That he's not like, you're not like, Ugh. well, he's winning, but God bless. Is he a jerk? You know, I just, I'm glad they're not in that situation. As far as we know, Mike Norvell is a good guy and he's doing it the right way. And I know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's times where you're pulling for a team per se, and you're like, ugh. But that coach or that quarterback or that whatever, like I like yeah. the team. I'm pulling for the team, but God bless, does he have to be on it? Like I can't imagine what a Laker fan feels like right now. Like a diehard <laughs> Laker fan their whole life. Like, but I got to pull for LeBron. Yeah. Why? Why? Why can't you trade him to Sacramento? Um. So yeah, that's my shock and awe award. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for uh the you know the cool games and stuff like that when uh tones joins us next next hour before that i do want to get let's go ahead and get your stupid underdog because tones doesn't really he's not really in it i mean this is the final week and he's down by how much is he down by tones on the stupid underdog (laughs) if we went by the letter of the law he is down by 53 points Wow. And there's not a 53-point spread out there. So I figure it's safe for you to go ahead and make your pick. Okay. Let's do the, the games that have already been taken. TCU, Vegas, Titans, and the Washington football team. So well, you I'm gonna go have a one-and-a-half-point lead on me going into the final week. It's, it's between you and I. Doug took TCU, but he's 22 points back, so he, he's not catching anybody. I'm going with a safer pick here. Um, if it hits, I won't get a lot of points out of it, but I'm confident that it will. I got the Panthers at plus three against the Saints. Um, I think they outright win that game. They're a better team. They've played better recently. I know they had a bad loss against um, Tampa last week, but you know what? I, I think Wilkes is a good leader. Um, I know he didn't have a lot of success with my Cardinals, but I, I like what he's done with the Panthers this year. I think they'll end the season on a high note with a win over the Saints. I like that. That's a that's actually a smart pick. You, you're not swinging for the fence. You're not trying to, you know, I mean, like if, and that's what's funny. I've seen guys blowing leads, but I could see someone go, I'm going to take the Ravens to beat the Bengals. And you're like, you know, you know, that's not going to happen. Right. Or I'm going to take Nate Peterson or Nathan Peterson of the Chicago Bears to take down the Vikings. Although I will say something about that game. If it wasn't for Peterman being in there and he's terrible. Minnesota's got nothing to win. Yeah. They are going yeah. to be the three seed. They lost their chance at uh, at the one or two seed because of that loss last week. So I don't think they're playing for anything. You're right. No, they're not. I think there's like a really weird scenario that they could possibly be the two, but they're going to be the three. Yeah. Well, so- first of all, they'd be relying on the 49ers to lose to Arizona, which isn't going to happen. So they can pretty much mark it down as being the three seed. That's that's one of the weird things that they need to have. That's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> San Francisco is going to put. Not only are they playing Arizona with Blau at quarterback, but what Hopkins isn't going to play either, right? Yeah, and I hate to say it, but he might be done with the Cardinals. I don't. There's been rumors, and, and mostly they've stemmed from his likes on social media about him potentially wanting to trade. Um, that would be quite a disaster, but. We'll see how that plays out. Is he a free agent or is he just wanting a trade? Yeah, I think he just wants a trade. But the Cardinals will take on like $22 million in dead cap if we trade him. So I don't know how we'd pull that off if he requested a trade. Not unless they're going to get – look, you, I make the trade if I'm the Cardinals, if I'm going to get some 
just a, a litany of draft picks. I need a first at least because of that dead money we're taking on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I've got to have at least a first. Yeah. Um, bare minimum, even if I don't get a first, I need several of your twos and threes, right? Mm-hmm. So I could see them doing that, but at the same token, let's let's say let's assume that they bring Kingsbury back. I mean, they did extend him right before everything fell apart. But let's say they bring Kingsbury back. You think Cliff Kingsbury wants to trade away Hopkins unless he knows that hey, this next year's a throwaway, right? Right. Right? Like, you're not going to expect me to win with Kyler Murray. Probably won't be back until sometime into October, and we won't have D Hop. What's the answer then? Colt McCoy is going to lead the league and or lead the charge? That'd be a pretty weak charge. I would, man, if, if Cliff's back next year, it's going to be hard to be motivated to watch that team. Um, I've already had to suffer through, what, like five years of him now? Four or five, whatever it is. Uh, I'm ready for it to be over, though. It's not it's not helping Cliff Kingsbury case that you could argue next year that, that might be the most difficult division in football. Because if Matthew Stafford comes back healthy, the Rams instantly become much better. It only it just depends on whether or not that Rams core sticks together because they have that weird retirement pack thing. So if one goes, they probably all go. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but they still got a pretty good young core. And assuming McVeigh continues to coach now, he remember last year there was talk about him walking away. But regardless, Seattle it looks like that they're going to be good for a while. Oh yeah, and San Francisco's not going anywhere. Well, and it could be scary because the Seahawks are going to probably have a top three pick, unless the Bron. Well, the Broncos are favored against the Chargers, but I think the worst case scenario is that the Bron that the Seahawks have a top four pick, um, and if they can get a quarterback there. It may not be C.J. Stroud. A team might try and jump them for Stroud, but um, they could really build around a young quarterback if they wanted to, and that would scare me as a Cardinals fan. All right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit the cool games. We're going to hit hit the locks and much more, including Tones is on the way, and you're not going to want to miss the WNBA Award of the year. It's not what you think it is and the Blah, 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 and ZZ Top Award. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD. It's a Friday, baby. Let's go. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. A lot of NFL scenarios hang in the balance in Week 18. We'll have the details during the show. Week 18 all gets going. 4.30 Eastern, Saturday afternoon. Chiefs at the Raiders. Las Vegas getting 10 over under 52 and a half. The Tennessee Titans travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Tennessee will try to tighten up getting 7 points over under is 40. Sunday NFL slate begins at 1 p.m. Eastern. Atlanta Falcons, who are wearing their all-black unis on Sunday at home against the Buccaneers, final game of the season for Atlanta. The Bucs are getting four over under is 40. Texans are at the Colts. Both teams not really wanting to win, and the line shows it. Colts, two-and-a-half-point favorite over under just 38. Jets at the Dolphins. Jets look to be possibly starting Joe Flacco at quarterback. New York getting three, the over under 37. 
Patriots at the Bills, an emotional game in Orchard Park. Buffalo giving up seven over under 43 and a half. Vikings at Bears. Minnesota minus seven and a half with Justin Fields on the shelf over under 43. Bengals host the Ravens. Cincinnati favored by 10, the over under 39. And finishing up the one o'clock slate, Panthers and Saints. New Orleans three and a half point favorite at home over under 42. While the Steelers, still in the wild card mix, giving up two and a half at home against Cleveland over under his 40. Your late kickoffs are all starting at 425 Eastern. Giants and Eagles, Philly needing the W to get the first round by in the NFC East crown. Eagles giving up 14 over under 43. 49ers at home against the Cardinals, San Fran. Minus 14 over under 39 and a half. Rams at Seahawks. Los Angeles getting six over under 41 and a half. The Cowboys needing some help. They're giving up a touchdown on the road to Washington. Commanders turning to Sam Howell as their quarterback. The number is 41. Sunday night football will wrap it up. Lions Packers. Green Bay four and a half point favorite. The over under 49. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned. For Braves Country, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com GA. Hey folks, this is Mark White with The Mark White Show, and you can tune in to The Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. It's the best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, and every morning right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. The autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea with a rollicking song he sweeps along swaggering boisterously his face is weather beaten he wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache he growls as he storms the country a villain big and bold and the trees all shake and quiver and as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Armchair. Broken pretzels in the rug, the beer cans could be worse. She'll clean it up tomorrow and dread September 1st. But once again... Welcome back. Football Friday, we are heading towards the top of the hour, Sports Map Radio is headed your way at the top of the hour, 
first name sports. And of course, Ryan O Radio Penitentiary comes your way every single weekday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on the key. Rod Peterson show noon to two and sports beat two to three. We're here three to five Braves country and joining us now is Mr. Tones Ariola. Tones, your, your, uh, Buccaneers have a week off. Essentially they are heading to Atlanta to play the, the Falcons again, where the Falcons are a four point favorite, but is it your sense that Brady's going to try and play this game? Yeah, good afternoon, gentlemen. Pleasure to be here with you fellows. But I I do believe Brady's going to try and play, and I know it might not be the smartest thing in the world because of injuries and all that. But the Bucks' offense has been anemic all year. I think he's trying to find a little bit of rhythm heading into the playoffs. We had one breakout game against Carolina. Other than that, been a bunch of junk. So I could see both sides of the argument where Brady's coming from as well, that he wants to get some rhyme and rhythm in. I get that, but man. If he goes out there and gets annihilated, breaks his leg or something goofy or, or anything where he's like injured, where he can't either play next weekend or he's not a hundred percent, they're already on thin ice in Tampa. That coaching staff could be gone. If that happens. Yeah. There's been reports already that Byron left, which might be showing the door uh, by the time the season's done. It seems like Todd Bowles is safe right now, barring something tragic, as you just mentioned, perhaps, but Seems like Bowles is safe. Byron, not so much. We'll have to see how the remainder of the Buck season goes. All right. Well, let's get into it. We're gonna we'll go ahead and finish up the uh, the the stupid underdogs and the locks, and then, then we'll get into the cool games. Um, don't believe I don't believe I got a lock from you, Bobby. Did I? Uh, I haven't given it yet. No. Okay. What is your lock of the week? My lock, I have the Giants at plus 13 and a half versus the Eagles. And I know they've already secured a playoff spot. I know that's already set in stone. But I think they're going to be competitive in this game. They want to beat the Eagles. They want a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs. Um, And, you know, it's a division rival. So why wouldn't they want to beat them? I think the Giants have a chance of hanging within 13 and a half. So for that reason, I got them as my lock. All right. I like the logic. I'll tell you what, I, I, we were talking about this either yesterday or the day before. If you're going to take the Eagles, if you're an Eagle fan, you're going to put some juice on Take the first half line. Take the first quarter line. I think the first quarter line is four and a half. First half line is, I think, seven and a half, which might be a little more dicey. But I could see them getting out to a big lead, and they may even cover the 13. I think it's going to be closer to 14 at kickoff. But they also might call off the dogs if they get up by we'll say we'll say the score is seven they're they're up by seventeen with five minutes left and then they put every, put all the backups in and then New York with Tyrod Taylor sneaks in with a backdoor touchdown and you're sitting there holding the ticket going God they screw me again Tones where are you going with your lock sir uh, Interesting logic behind this one is Skip Bayless does looks at his notes gets them all ready to roll. No, uh, I'm going with the Broncos actually minus two and a half here. At least I've seen earlier could be up to minus three, but I, I like the Broncos for multiple reasons. A that goofball is out of there for head coach Nathaniel Hackett could go back to filming King of Queens reruns or something because he just was a sitcom character not cut out for the NFL head coaching level. Let me put it that way. And two, Chargers already rested their starters last week in the fourth quarter. 
So to me, this has wrestlers starters written all over it. It doesn't really matter to them if they win. Their playoff spots are already locked in and, you know, prayers aside to the whole Hamlin situation. But with all those implications going on, they're really not going to be sure who they're even playing perhaps at that point in time. So to me, Chargers are kind of going to piggyback this one out, and that's why I like the Broncos a lot. And I think Russell Wilson cooks a little bit in his last game. I'm not saying a steak, a filet and young, but I think a nice quarter-pound burger Russell Wilson's going to throw up this game. First of all, are you putting down the King of Queens? No, I love King of Queens. I want to have blasphemy in here. <laughs> that, that's my favorite sitcom. That's what I'm saying. Let's go. Let's get the clown back to the good show. Come on. He's funny. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's a funny guy. The other thing that's interesting about this game, now this is a late kickoff, right? And it's not because they think America wants to watch it. It's because it's being played in Denver and you can't kick it off at 7 a.m. Although Correct. I'm sure they would love to do that. If you look at the AFC playoffs right now, how it unfolds, if the Ravens lose and the Chargers win, it does change the seating. The Ravens game will have been completed somewhere around 4 o'clock Eastern time. So if the Ravens lose, and I think most of us think they will, just keep that in mind before you drop the money on there. Chargers might want to win this because I don't know about you, but if I've got my chance, I would much rather go into Nashville and take on the Titans or go into Jacksonville, take on the Jaguars, and then go, let's go to Cincinnati. Let's go fight the Bengals, and let's go play the Bengals who are all ticked off that they that they got screwed out of every every scenario that the NFL came up with for tiebreaker. Yeah, that, that, that could be. The NFL doesn't want the Bengals in the Super Bowl again. That's, right. that's what it tells me. Right, that could be it too. I just feel like, though, Chargers would have thought, you know, about that last week too and left their starters in the whole game. The game was already a 10-point game at that point in time. But to me, the Chargers pulling their guys out of the fight last week and kind of – I agree with you. It, I would rather play, obviously – a Jacksonville or Tennessee primarily, sure. But at the end of the day, I I just think Chargers kind of might mail it in, but I will keep an eye on it. That's not a bad recommendation. George Costanza comes to mind when I think of things like, you know, the the uh, the Bengals getting screwed over. And though he was talking about the local coffee shop feeding him a, a Coke and uh, Sprite mix and telling him it's ginger ale, Still, the feelings of saying is they're screwing me, and I can't prove it. I just can't prove it, but I know they're screwing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like today, and you know you can't blame some of the Bengals. Some of them tweeted out the rule book and whatnot. So I mean, you know, one of those situations where you really can't get it perfect at this point. Sadly, my lock of the week is nobody will watch Houston Indianapolis. That is going to be. It'll be the first NFL game that gets zero views. No, my lock of the week is going to be. I know it's. I know it's risky because they don't score a lot of points, but I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'd be more likely to take the money line in real life, but since we, we we do the point spreads here, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers minus two and a half, who are going to go into that game in that time of the game. They're going to believe that that they have an actual chance now. The only way this gets thrown out the door is if they get into halftime and uh, New England's up by what? They're up 32 to nothing on Buffalo. How did, where, who saw that happen? Or Skylar Thompson's thrown for 500 yards and the and Joe Flacco's just skipping rocks across the ground. But I don't think either one of those is going to happen. So I think the Steelers are going to have a puncher's chance. I'm a little surprised that the line's not a little higher than, than two and a half right now. So I'll, give me the steel curtain 
And wouldn't this be something? I don't think we ever addressed it, but I'm not going to lie to you and say I didn't think it. I buried the Steelers in my head a month and a half ago, along with the Packers. That's it. Every year, it seems like we're with the Steelers in the same spot. You write them off, then they inch. It's kind of like my fantasy team. We start off flat, rise a little bit, and boom, we're right there. We're so close to have a Viking funeral there for, for both of them, and then uh, here here they come. Here they come. All right, let's 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 get into cool games. Got a few minutes to do this, so let's go ahead and jump into them. You know the rules and regulations of cool games. If you listened before, basically, it's a game that you'd be willing to watch start to finish, not just dive in, not just have it on a third or fourth television set, not just checking the score on the bottom line. This is a cool game. You're like, man, I want to see this game. Here we go. I'm going to skip the first game of the week, Kansas City Raiders, because I don't think that's a cool game. I'm going to be interested in it because I picked them as my stupid underdog, but I don't think that's a, I don't think that's really a cool game. The next game, Titans Jaguars in Jacksonville for winning your end. Is this cool enough for you to watch from start to finish, Bobby? Absolutely, it is. As a local Tennessee resident, um, I'm rooting for the Titans because a lot of my friends and family are Titans fans. Um, but yeah, any game that has an entire division on the line resting on one game, I think it's must watch. Um, I'm hoping it's competitive. So we at least get a good game out of it, but there's so much at stake. You got to watch it. It's a cool game for me. What say you tones? It's pretty much a playoff football game to me. That's cool. No matter how you slice the cake, it doesn't matter when you're a division winner, you're a division winner record aside. One of these teams, you know, they won as many games as they needed to get into the playoffs at the end of the day, whether it's the Titans or Jaguars and that right then and there being winner take all with Trevor Lawrence, Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel and Doug Peterson. Definitely a cool game for me. All right. I'll break any ties. I'm going to say, well, there was no tie on that one. I will say this is a cool game, mainly because uh, going to a friend's house to watch it, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Uh, I I don't I don't have any any belief that either one of these teams are going very far in the playoffs. But we move on. Okay, next day, let's start off with the early slate. Let me get over here. This is much more organized over on the site. Okay, the early slate. Let's get into Sunday one o'clock games. We'll skip past the ones that we know aren't cool games. Bucks Falcons not a cool game. Texans Colts not a cool game. Jets Dolphins is that a cool game? Flacco versus Skylar Thompson. It's an ugly game, but it could be a cool game because there's playoff implications. I'm assuming that the Bills are going to run through the Patriots no problem, um, and that leaves the Dolphins with a win in their end scenario. So for me, um, I'd like to see the I'd like to see the Dolphins get in. They've had a pretty up and down season. Um, they've gone through a lot this year, and I still think they have the opportunity to be good. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see the Dolphins get in. So, for me, with what's at, with what's at stake, I'd say it's a, a cool game. All right, Tones, I'm going to let you break the tie on this because I'm going to say this is not a cool game because though, though – and, and I get your reasoning behind it, Bobby, with the playoff implications, but my word, are you really going to sit there and watch – quarter from the first quarter to the fourth quarter of Skylar Thompson versus Joe Fluco. I did say it'd be ugly, but, did say but, but to make it a cool game, it's got to be a game you're willing to watch. Start. It to is. I would watch it. Yeah. All right. Tones break the tie. 
I'll break the tie. I'm siding with Bobby here. I do think this is a cool game, especially given the Mike McDaniel story lately. How dumb would that be if Miami got rid of him, by the way? They're on their fourth left tackle. They're on their third quarterback. If a team like that somehow scraped their way to the playoffs, and by the way, Joe Flacco, you don't want to watch him often, but this is probably his last hoorah as well, so why not tune in to his former Super Bowl champ of a quarterback? And as Bobby alluded to, I think Buffalo takes care of New England, so I think this is essentially a playoff game for Miami as well, so I do think this is a cool game. Real quick, if you don't mind, if Mike McDaniel does get fired, I would pray for him to come to Arizona. Let me just say that. Why would he get fired? I don't know. I don't know if the Dolphins are just trigger happy with firing head coaches, but that would be really, really stupid in my mind because I think he's a really smart coach. I think it'd be terrible. To me, it has to be, you know, someone doing it for clicks, in my opinion. I don't see how you could fire a coach on their third quarterback and fourth yeah, left tackle. That's that rumor, and I just don't buy it. I feel like that that's some Skip Bayless level of, you know, look at me, come up with a hot take kind of junk. Correct. All right, Buffalo, New England. Is it a cool game, Bobby? With the storyline, absolutely. You know, and the entire, you know, if you're not a fan of the Patriots or, like you said, a fan of the team, a fan of a team that needs the Patriots to win, you're going to be rooting for the Bills. And I think a lot of eyes are going to be on this game, including mine, with uh, them playing after DeMar Hamlin went down. There's a, the storyline's great. Um, I'm going to be rooting for the Bills for that reason. And for me, it's a cool game. Ditto. Tones, any different? No, to me, big playoff implications, seeding implications, the heavy hearts in Buffalo, really cool game in my opinion. All right, Baltimore-Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I, I've been – I've pretty much said cool game for every game so far, but for this one, I'm not going to say it's a cool game. Um, if I had to guess going into it, I think the Bengals are going to blow the doors off the Ravens. Tyler Huntley isn't good. Um, that's just the fact of the matter. And, you know, the, the Ravens have scraped by against them. I'll have to pretty, say, you play so, pretty loose and free with the term cool game. I, 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 I'm going to put that out there. You're I right? am, but for this one, you know, promiscuous. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. But for this one, would I watch it start to finish? No, I'm not going to watch a full game of Tyler oh, Huntley Tyler football Hunt. against a good team. Yeah, uh, it ain't going to happen. I think, I think the bank. I thought yeah. about taking that as, as my lock, but problem is we don't know until – Sunday for Lamar. Uh, Lamar Jackson's not going to play, but they're going to get boat raced. Yeah, and I, I think I think the Bengals are going to crush them. Um, so for that reason, unless it's close, I might tune in, but I don't see it being this way, so I'm not going to say it's cool again. The the only way that it that, that they get of, of affected is if there's still some kind of hangover for from the Monday night uh, traumatizing event, right? But other than that, like on paper, there's no way they Tones. Do you have any desire to watch this game? I don't think it's that cool of a game myself. Both these teams are in the playoffs already, and, uh, you know, no Lamar Jackson makes it not as cool for me if there was a Lamar Jackson with a, you know, realistic chance of Baltimore winning. Vikings-Bears sucks. Uh, Panthers-Saints, no good. Browns-Steelers, I'm going to say not cool game because it's probably going to be like 12-10, to 10, even though it may even – though, even though that's my lock, I still feel like it's not a very cool game to watch. I'm with you on that. I don't think it's going to be a very entertaining game, and a lot would have to happen for the Steelers to get in the playoffs. So for that reason, I'm not going to say it's a cool game. Tones, any difference? I'll go ahead and say it's a cool game in this one, only because a couple of reasons. Ben Roethlisberger tried to call it's out the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> 
I am a cool cat. No, but Ben Roethlisberger tried scaring away uh, Kenny Pickett earlier this week. Pickett said, hey, not so fast today, buddy. And, you know, it's uh, Mr. Masseuse's last game of the year as well. And uh, to me, he's got to show Brown fans a little more why they paid him so much money. So I think it's a cool game. Chargers, Broncos, no way. I'm not putting Eagles, Giants in there because like, I feel like one of y'all are going to try to tell me that's a cool game and it's not. Cardinals, 49ers, no way. Ugh. Cowboys, Commanders, I don't see it. I don't see Rams, Seahawks, but Lions, Packers, Sunday Night Football. When and you're in for Green Bay and we won't know about the Lions. Bobby, what say you? It's absolutely a cool game. Um, it's a divisional game that's had a lot of interesting matchups over the years. And I, with how the Packers have stormed back, all they got to do is get over this final hurdle. I'm absolutely going to watch this game. It is a cool game for me. I don't understand why that line keeps going up. There's no respect for Detroit. What, what say you, Tones? I think it's a cool game as well. And, uh, you know, whether Detroit's in it or not, you know, Dan Campbell is going to have his guys ready to roll. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, whether it's for the spotlight like he likes or not, he said it could be his last game ever in Lambeau. So you never know what the heck's going on there. But nonetheless, eh, playoffs on the line for Aaron Rodgers, absolutely a cool game. Aaron Rodgers heading to the New York Jets, just like Brett Favre. Wow. Bobby, what is your walk-off for the week, sir? My walk-off is a game that you mentioned earlier that you said absolutely wasn't a cool game. I'm probably going to be watching it because the Cardinals could have a top three pick and a pick higher than the Seahawks if the Broncos win. Wow. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm not not watching the Cardinals. Well, I will watch the Cardinals game because – I'm a Cardinals fan, but I'm talking about the Broncos game. If the Broncos win, we will jump one pick ahead of the Seahawks, which could be huge in the long run in the division. Um, So I'll be tuning into that. But outside of that, enjoy a weekend of football that has a lot at stake. It should be fun. Enjoy the matchups, everyone. All right, brother. We'll see you next week. Uh, Good luck to you and everything except stupid underdog. All right. Thank you. Let's go. We'll be back in Flash when we come back. We're going to give out some armchair awards and a lot more here. Tones and McGee taking you all the way to the 5 o'clock hour. Keep it locked in here on The Key in Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Hey, check it out. A snow cone machine. A snow cone machine? Uh, You're saying it wrong. It's a snow cone machine. Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven-baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. And get to Wendy's. A sausage, egg, and Swiss croissant, bacon, egg, and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Single item at regular price. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. Hey, sports fans. The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. On WQEE, Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten and the National Football League and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE. The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. 
Choose a yogurt that's right for you. With 2 grams of sugar per 5.3 ounce serving, 2 good Greek yogurt is too good to be true. So delicious dairy-free yogurt and silk yogurt alternatives are delicious plant-based swaps you can enjoy by the spoon or add to recipes. Oikos Triple Zero Yogurt and Light and Fit Yogurt are tasty, non-fat yogurt options. So many flavors, varieties, and possibilities. Elevate any recipe and your everyday with yogurt. You're listening to WQEE in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country, weekdays 3 to 5 p.m. Hey, what's happening, Norm? It's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. What's shaking, Mr. Peterson? What is it? What are you up to, Norm? My ideal weight if I were 11 feet tall. What's shaking, Norm? All four cheeks and a couple of chins, Coach. Hey, Norm, how's the world been treating you? Like a baby treats a diaper. The armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The all American man. Welcome back. If you can hear that in the background, but my dogs are fighting and I can't get to them, so it is what it is. There's no telling what they're tearing up. Oh, just past the armchair quarterback studios. Mac McGee and Tones Ariola taking you all the way to the five o'clock hour. Sports Map Radio takes over with first name sports, brand new talk show there on uh, Sports Map Sports Map Radio. Uh, Tones, curious to see where, where you're going with this. So we're going to dive into these awards real quick, make sure we get them all in. So this is the WNBA award. And what this means is the award for a sport or athlete that gets way too much exposure, considering how much we actually care about the sport or we're athlete. So where are you going? I've got a couple of answers, but one I already used yesterday, so I'm not going to go there. Where are you going? If LeBron James wasn't mentioned so much yesterday, I'd have to tip my cap to the king again. But let me let me tell you this. <clears throat> I think Jerry Jones, I know he's an owner, but I'm going with Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys here. This guy has caused so much drama within the past year alone. He's had beef with Daniel Snyder, Robert Kraft, uh, the Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott thing he overblew just to keep his name in the media. The beef with LeBron James, I mean, it's been on and on and on with Jerry Jones, and I know he's technically not an athlete or a sport, but I think he was very deserving of this award, being the fact that he's an owner and he tries to overstep his boundary. His son's technically the GM. He acts like that, and he acts like he's a face of the Cowboys franchise when, quite frankly, I think a lot of people are tired of him. And to me, that's why I think, you know, we see a little bit too much of Jerry Jones, a little bit more than people like. All right. Yeah. So like I talked about it yesterday, so I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the Laker thing alone, but all outlets, and it's not just ESPN, although it's predominantly ESPN talk about the LA Lakers way too much and nobody cares. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to switch it up. And I thought about this for a while today. I thought about what do they, what do these, these, uh, sports, stations you don't hear much on sports radio but you hear it more on the television what do they constantly update us on year round on what i feel like we don't really care about and it does not matter the sport and i went with all-star games Mm. we got today i think 20 minutes on one of the stations about nba all-star game voting we got another breakdown of about 10 minutes of who they expected to be in the pro bowl 
You don't get it as much during baseball season. I feel like they kind of gloss over it. They say, you, you, in other words, you'll you'll catch it during the broadcast. Hey, Royals fans, your guy looks like he's going to the, the All Star game, and then that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what they do in hockey, but I'd say they probably promote it more than than they should because nobody really watches regular season hockey that much. So they're trying to get you to go to the uh, the All Star game. Watch mm-hmm. the All Star game, and I feel like that they've they've ruined the All Star game in the NHL. I tried watching it a few times in the last few years, and because of the, of the rule changes that they do, like it's it, it's unwatchable. NBA All Star game, it's unwatchable. They don't play defense. They haven't played defense in thirty years in that game. Same thing with the NFL; it's unwatchable. Yeah, the Major League Baseball game is is a little more watchable because they actually play the sport. But it doesn't matter anymore ever since they took away the home field, which was the main reason why I think a lot of us would watch it. So I'm just over. I'm like, why would you quit updating me? Well, the only thing the All-Star game does is lines the pocket of the athlete who got voted there. I don't care. And along with that, baseball seemingly gave up on caring as well when they unprovokingly removed it from Atlanta for no reason. Right. And so that probably has something to do with, with, with why I've got a sour taste in my mouth when it comes to the Major League Baseball All-Star game. But then on top of it, it doesn't really matter. If, if you're talking about the MLB All-Star game, so many guys don't play because they just pitched. Mm-hmm. The only thing you even really watch anymore, in my opinion, of, of any of the All-Star stuff is the Home Run Derby. Home run derby, and then maybe all-star Saturday night in basketball if you're bored and you have nothing better to do. I cannot watch that. It is just garbage. The 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 slam dunk championship hasn't been a slam dunk championship since Jordan and Dominic. It is garbage, and I, it's just tough. You're a little younger than me, so you don't remember back when I, it was- I'm a believer in okay. the home run derby or whatnot, but – uh, some people aren't, some people aren't a believer in the dunk contest How about cool games. NBA all-star Saturday night is not a cool game anymore. It used to be, it used to be a cool game. It used to look forward to it. The problem is every dunk's been done and none of the stars participate in it, right? None of the stars participate in it. All you ever get anymore is you'll have some random guy who is like a, third string dude off of the magic and we're supposed to care if if he wins the three-point shootout or the or the derby right um i think we lost tones for a second i think he finally came back sorry about that it happens um but i guess my point is it's not a cool game so 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 quit telling me who's in it because i'm not gonna watch Mm -hmm. nfl pro bowl i take that night to for me me and my wife normally like watch movies that night. We do, I, and I normally have one TV on sports, even if it's just like the sports news channels, so that I, I know what's going on in the world of sports. It'll be a random one in the background, right? Mm-hmm. That night, I don't even put that on because there's nothing on. I'm actually taking a vacation the day of the Pro Bowl this year. There you go. So why not? So that's so that's my okay home improvement award. The one thing you would do, you would fix said sport by changing one thing or adding one thing, removing one thing, whatever it is. What's your home improvement award? 
I'm going with removing the ghost runner rule in Major League Baseball. To me, the ghost runner rule is one of the worst rules implemented in sports. It gives a heavy, heavy advantage and favorite, of course, to the team that's in the top half of the inning. They could bunt him over, then all you need is a ground ball or fly ball to get a run in, and then you could strategically walk a guy, put him on, get a double play, and be pretty much out of the inning. So to me, it was a close one with the overtime rule in football, only getting 10 minutes long now, but... I think the ghost runner rule takes the cake. They talked about removing it, but then they quietly brought it back in the middle of last offseason. So personally, I'm not a fan. I know it's to try and speed the game up or whatnot, but I'm just not a fan. After the injury to Hamlin, you'll be lucky if if, if the NFL overtime rule stays intact. They will probably change that. Mm-hmm. It'll, go to, it'll turn into some kind of college football rule or something because they're going to try to get out of it. Um, yeah. I don't I don't hate the ghost runner rule mainly because it only takes place during the regular season. Now I would be thoroughly opposed to it if it was in the in in uh uh the the playoffs, right? And will be postseason. A sport that I don't even care about, which is why I didn't choose it, but I'll tell you something I would get rid of. It's along the same line, is the penalty kicks in the World Cup. You decide a World Cup by penalty kicks, that is awful. That is absolutely awful. It it feels dirty, and it's happened several times over, over over the last several years where the champion has been decided by penalty kicks, and they do it. Not only do they do it in the World Cup, they do it in college soccer, which I follow a little more. I've seen them do it in the MLS. It's just dirty, man. It just doesn't seem. It's like what in the world? You play all these minutes and all these games. And all of a sudden, we're in a hurry to get out of here. Uh, Can you imagine if the World Baseball Classic ended on a home run derby or just the World Series, something like that? I mean, it's the equivalent. Like, the only difference is that the World Cup means more, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the World Baseball Classic is – I'm not saying the World Baseball Classic might not become very important well well past our lifetimes. Like, if if it continues to happen and it's played – in about a hundred years, it might actually be like a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy it, but I only enjoy it when when the American team does well. And there are years where where, where they send their stars, and there are years where they don't send their stars. Um, this year, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good roster. The home improvement award I would give is I would outlaw the three point shot in all of basketball. Hmm. I know that may sound dramatic to a lot of people and they'd probably say, what are you nuts? The, the improvement of that sport would, would be leaps and bounds. Cause I am so tired of watching basketball games and guys living behind the three point line. Mm-hmm. They don't drive to the hole anymore. The, you, you don't even get fast breaks anymore. What people consider fast break points now in basketball is the guy rolling up and just dr- stopping where he's at behind the three-point line, giving a shot. I was watching Celtics Mavericks last night, and there were, I'm sorry, not, yeah, 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 last night. And uh, there, there were several times where the Celtics, and I'm a Celtics fan, there were several times where the Celtics, they had wide open shots, but they didn't, they would stand back there and chuck a three up, 
a long rebound they wouldn't get, and it is what it is, but they'd be wide open. Instead of just driving the hole and at least getting free throws. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I would absolutely get rid of uh, the three-point shot. Robert, I see your question. I'm doing my, my uh, Georgia TCU prediction uh, on Monday. Same. I, I don't know why I answered. That's okay. Um, I do think Georgia's probably going to win, but I'll give you an actual strong answer on Monday uh, because the game is Monday night. Um, the I do think you're insane if you take Georgia minus the points. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. That is a big, big line. I know it's come down a little bit. So you feel a little better with the 12, but man, when it can't, when it was 14 at the beginning, it's like, whoo. I feel like a lot of people truly didn't understand how hard TCU's schedule was this year. Their only loss came to Kansas State, and they're a good Kansas State team, and they already beat them once. It's really hard in college football to beat a team twice. Well, it's, it's Southeastern Conference prejudice. We know that. It's not just SEC fans. It's people that believe all over the country, and rightfully so, that the SEC is the best college football conference. Right. But because of that prejudice, there are a lot of fans out there that don't believe any other conference is legitimate, and that's just not the case. If that were the case, Ohio State wouldn't have almost beat Georgia and should have beaten Georgia if it wasn't for a just a shank of a field goal. Yeah, and they were a borderline playoff team to begin with, and they still took it to Georgia. Right. So it's it's going to be a heck of a ball game. Um, I do think one of the things that helped Georgia is the game was in Atlanta, and though Ohio State did 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 bring good fan base like they normally do, it was still technically a road game. Um, what's the next one up? Oh, the blah 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 award. It's enough already. I'm tired of hearing about this particular topic, whatever it is, or this particular athlete, whatever it is. What say you? Me personally, and again, I probably would have went the Brittany Griner route, but she was, you know, so much honored yesterday. So I'm going to go with my uh, 1A or 1B here. I'm going with the whole commanders, football team, Redskins situation, whatever you want to call them. I'm just tired of it. I'm sick of it. It's like you can't get enough of it. Whenever sports or the world of sports tries to cover something up, you hear a new thing that the commanders are doing behind the scenes. This is a team that has three names in six years. It's hard enough to keep up with them for that. You know that Daniel Snyder should be gone already and ousted already, so you know he's going to tooth and nail his way to try and stick in. And now he's bringing guys along down along the way with him, like John Gruden last year, not saying what Gruden said in those emails was right. But, you know, he's going down now. So uh, you got an owner who's taking things down with him unnecessarily. I- I'm just tired of hearing about the whole commanders thing, quite frankly. And I- I'm ready for them to get a new owner and Daniel Snyder and that topic to just be done with in general. Well, that's funny because that's literally what I have written down there is Daniel Snyder. So, I- so I'll pivot because I'm with you. When it comes to the NFL, just update me when they finally make him sell the team. Correct. It's just, it's enough. This team is not good enough and has not been good enough for decades now for me to get constant updates about them. So I'm going to go ahead and pivot just a little bit. Let's go ahead and go into the world of baseball. And if there's one thing, and this is just in general, if there's one thing that I am sick and tired of hearing about is 
what I like to call coast baseball, meaning New York Yankees, New York Mets, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it's typically Yankees and Dodgers, but because the Mets have been such heavy spenders this offseason, it's, it's, they've gotten a lot of love there. There are other teams in the league, and we get this all season long. All season long, it was very obvious the Houston Astros were the best team in the American League. Yet you rarely got any talk about them. It was constantly, well, the New York Yankees are doing this, and the New York Yankees aren't doing that, and the New York Yankees, and the New York Yankees. And if it's not that, everyone wants to break down how the Dodgers are doing. Dodgers won their division by 22 games. I didn't need an update. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great one because all you hear about, you try and learn the, the true stars in baseball, and it's hard to do so because you're getting average players on the Dodgers or Yankees or scenarios that don't even need to be talked about, talked about. Well, teams like the Orioles last year, who should have been talked about more, making that magic with the little roster they did. Well, you probably got one minute of airtime every night. They're, they're winning right now, and they're on a long winning streak. But prior to... You could put the Brooklyn Nets in there. And we all know it's only because they're in New York, right? But you talk about an unlikable roster, and it starts and ends with Kyrie Irving. I don't want to be updated by about him, and I sure don't want to be updated about the Los Angeles Lakers, the number 12 seed in the West, on what they're up to. You've got good stories in the NBA. You've got Denver, Memphis, what the Pelicans are doing. Pretty remarkable what, what, what Luka Doncic is doing. It's unheard of what Sacramento's doing. They're having a heck of a year. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's making noise. The Cleveland Cavaliers. So there's all these good stories, and it's the same thing in baseball. But yet you get the same few teams. I know a lot of people will say, well, you talk about the Braves too much. Well, we're also Braves country, so, you know, deal with it. Correct. I mean, we got to talk about the beloved TV on. If I put a podcast or I put a local radio show or whatever, and they're talking about their local team, that is what it is. But if I go to CBS sports or ESPN or Fox sports, you name it. And they are always hammering the same two or three franchises. It's like, man, you do realize that there's more to this. Um, Who's your ZZ top award? Best dress, best dress team, best uniform. If if we were if we were going solo dolo, I was gonna have to choose my man uh, John Daly for his golf attire. But I'm gonna go with the Bulls uniform city edition last season, the 21-22 season. It was a throwback to their MJ days. They had the red Chicago in curse or the black Chicago written in cursive stretch that way it was a throwback to their 90s with the hint of modernness it was beautiful i think the bulls looked great last year and that in their city edition uniforms that is so they only wore them once in a while last season but when they wore them they looked good in them but shout out to my man john daly for styling on the golf course as well ultimately going with the bulls what made them different uh, you know, they were just a homage to their throwback modern day Bulls jerseys. You have Bulls written on the front in normal writing or whatnot. These were Chicago written in cursive, and it, it, it made him feel like a nostalgic 90s type feel. They had a little less of the mishy coloration and details with more of a blank draw feel with the cursive thrown in. It wasn't a huge difference, but it was subtle enough to bring you back to the 90s Bulls of basketball, that brand of basketball. It was good nostalgia as a Bulls fan. Not that they're 
jerseys are bad, but their other city edition type uniforms to me have been awful, whether it's this year's or two years ago, they were like a gray. Three years ago, they were a baby blue. Last year, they paid good tribute to the winningness of the Bulls franchise, and that's what I like most, watching that team. It reminded me of the 90s Bulls a little bit, both the toughness they brought to the table and in, in their city edition uniforms, they were spazzling out there. So let me see if I've got this right on this. I think I found it. Let me see if we got it right here. Uh, got to make sure that I get to a different, um, I think that's about as close as I'm going to get to, uh, so you're going with, all right, I think I got it. So let's go with, um, I'm, I'm by the way, going to go with uh, a football Jersey and it's going to be a college football Jersey. I'm glad you didn't take it. Cause I thought you might, uh, let me see here. Bulls city edition Jersey. Is this what we're talking about? Yes, sir. Those are them. Okay. They got a little homage to the 90 Bulls and then with the cursive, the sideways font and everything. Not a huge difference, but like I said, nowadays you'll get the Bulls on the front. The fact that it says Chicago and the cursive just makes you feel a little bit more in the 90s, which I like personally. Now, this is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Ole Miss Powder Blues Mm. and... See, this this might be the best picture of it right here. I like the powder blues, and I like them when they're wearing uh, the blue helmets as well. Sometimes they end up with the uh, with the with the white helmets, so so you see the contrast in both. But I really like when they go the powder blues and the powder, and a few times they've gone powder blue top to bottom, helmets, jerseys, pants. But I think I really like it when it's the powder blue uh, jersey and helmets and white pants so there you have that all right um what was the last one the norm peterson award this is the one guy in sports that you do you think you'd like to sit down and have a beer with my choice would have been bruce arians but i already got to do that a couple times in the past year so i'm gonna pivot here i'm gonna go with the man i just mentioned john daly i think it'd be a lot of fun he's always having fun on the golf course he's smoking his cigarettes out there he's drinking his Diet Cokes out there. You you could tell if it wasn't a uh, game on type golf, he'd be having a couple cervezas out there as well. The man is still golfing, not at a great level, but he's still one of those golfers where they mention his name. And it's like, what is he up to nowadays? How's he doing? I, I You know, he's friends with Charles Barkley. I think Barkley's a great guy. Daly's friends with Tiger Woods, another cool name. It seems like John Daly has a lot of good friends and a lot of good guys around him. And Based on that fact, with the nature of the business, of how he looks and how he's kind of always in his flip-flops and T-shirts and shorts, he's always having a good time off the golf course. I just think he'd be a really cool, chill guy to have a drink with. Drink with. Runner-up for me, Warren Sapp. He had a lot of fun back in his day, but I'm going with John Daly. Yeah, he had too much fun back in his day. Yeah, that's why I'm going to pick Warren Sapp, maybe, you know. Be careful, Warren Sapp. He's going to get you in trouble. Um <laughs> You know, Charles Barkley obviously is the easy answer, but I feel like that one's been been beaten to death. Shaquille O'Neal is one that I would, you know, I he 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 would have to be fun. But I'm I'm gonna go a little bit off the beaten path, just a little bit, just because he hasn't been playing for a while, and you don't see him that often. Marshawn Lynch just seems like an absolute character to me, mm. and I think I think he would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, there's you know there's a there's a ton of them, but I'm gonna give mine to to Marshawn Lynch this year. 
Okay, let's uh, go ahead and talk some some week 18. Now, did you give me your stupid underdog pick? Not yet, sir. I've, I've been holding it like a chicken holds its eggs. So let me go ahead and get your stupid underdog pick, give you an idea of who's already been taken so far. Washington, Tennessee, TCU, Vegas, and Carolina. So it leaves me with a bunch of nothing, which I deserve because that's how my results have pretty much gone this year so far. You know what? I don't feel great on it, but give me Baltimore. Um, You know, we talked about earlier how they're probably going to lose. Even, you know, Tyler Huntley playing and how it probably won't be a game. Well, it was between them and the Cardinals to me. And to me, Cardinals are going to get blown out. Baltimore is getting nine and a half points. They're a playoff team. Their defense is still intact for the most part. They're used to playing without Lamar. I'm making excuses at this point on why I'm choosing him. But Baltimore plus nine and a half. Let's ride. Yeah, I, you look, I don't think they have a chance of winning, but I'm also under the assumption that Cincinnati really wants to win that game. Mm-hmm. If Cincinnati pivots and says it's not worth it just to decide where the game is next week, then all bets are off. Yeah, and there's is there a scenario where they lose that game and let me look at the standings real quick. If they were to lose that game, them being Cincinnati, and they would then drop to eleven and five, Baltimore would be eleven and six. So technically Cincinnati would be the three seed still. Baltimore would catapult into the five seed, and then it would depend on it would depend on the Chargers outcome. Mm. Because the Chargers are sitting at ten and six. If they were to win, the Chargers would get the tiebreaker because they would have a better conference record by one game. Wow. And they did not play each other. Correct. Correct. Okay. So they didn't play each other. So there's no head to head. So it goes to conference record. So if the Chargers were to win, but if the Chargers aren't playing anybody and Baltimore wins because Cincinnati didn't care. Baltimore would be the five seed. The Chargers would be the sixth seed, and Cincinnati would still get a home game. It just wouldn't be against Baltimore. If the if the Bengals beat the Ravens, they will guarantee essentially that they'll play Baltimore the following week. Right. If they lose to in, in Cincinnati, if they lose to Baltimore and the Chargers lose and they lose the coin toss that they go to Baltimore. If they lose to Baltimore and the Chargers win, I might have said that wrong. If they lose to Baltimore, making the Baltimore 11 and 6, and the Chargers lose, making them 11 and 6, that that would be the only scenario that gets affected. So it really comes down to me is, is does Cincinnati view it as important enough to start your starters going into that's such a sticky situation. Yeah, because so do you play your guys in the hopes that you get the W and then you turn around and play? And the thing is, how much of your game plan are you going to unleash? Because you're going to see them the next week, possibly. And you don't want to rust too many guys after the freak accident last week, because then it's almost like two weeks off in a row. So they're in a tricky spot. I'm going to assume Cincinnati's going to go all in and try and win. That's what I'm thinking. And then they'll just let the dust settle where it settles. Correct. But if they did get conservative and let Baltimore get that W, there's still there's still a scenario where Baltimore still ends up playing the five seed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm mean, uh, sorry, the four seed, 
Because if Baltimore were to jump to the five seed and play, we'll just say for argument's sake, the Jaguars, and the Chargers were to play the Bengals, then that coin toss never takes place. Right. Kind of hoping for a coin toss. Just, you know. Mess. I mean, what an absolute mess they've come up with. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's, you know. No matter some- how you look at it, someone was going to get screwed over in almost every scenario. So you yeah. might as well have just made it easy and said, hey, we're going to go off a winning percentage. That's what I would have done personally, because then at that point, yeah, sure, a couple of teams might have played one less game, but they were facing, let's be honest, I mean, even if you lose that game, it shouldn't really deteriorate who you are as a team. I know wins and losses, that whole thing, but that was a battle of the behemoths. At least if you go on winning percentage, you're going with the true best of the best. Who cares if they played one less? The only team that really got it stuck to them, I think, is Cincinnati, because I still believe Cincinnati would have won that game against Buffalo. And then if Kansas City were to lose tomorrow, then Cincinnati would have had a chance for for, for the one seed by now that's off the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they had a legit chance at the one seed, and like you said, now it's just off the table. It's not in the football heavens. The Las Vegas Raiders will pull off the upset tomorrow night, and it will have a wide open Sunday. I mean, like it's fun. I just think they they just they made it way too difficult. Jared Stidham gets a Matt Flynn type contract after tomorrow, and I'm sure Roger Goodell had a had a text chain about that long that he was <laughs> having to deal with for f- about 72 hours dealing with, well, what about this and what about that? What about my team? What about your team? And what about their team? He probably had assistant coaches, grandmas hitting him up, blowing, oh, you, what's, that's not fair. I just love Zach Taylor's quote that says, uh, talking about the, the scenarios, the head coach of the Bengals, and he said, that as I led the show off with it, but it said it seems like there's a lot of positives for a lot of teams and negatives for my team. <laughs> that that is a great quote and That's a true, true quote, which is true. NFL doesn't want Cincinnati, Ohio in the in the Super Bowl again. Let's be honest; they mm-hmm. want Buffalo, New York. They want Pat Mahomes. They'd even be happy with the Los Angeles Chargers, the glitz and glamour, but they don't want Cincinnati. They don't want Jacksonville. Right, they don't want all these these little towns getting into the Super Bowl. They want the cream. Although I don't think it really matters. Everybody watches the Super Bowl no matter what. What's your walk off? We got to run. Walk off. I'll make it quick then. Enjoy the last Sunday of football. I can't believe it's here, but really enjoy Titans Jaguars. I think it's going to be better and closer than a lot of people think. All right, we got to run. We'll see you Monday for Georgia TCU, and uh, have a great weekend, y'all. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports.
September Something of a fifth of September She said a lot that I can't remember Something of a fifth Can I get another cigarette please Can I 